Oh no, don't say those words. No, Apples to Apples is the only game I will burn if someone tries to bring it in my house. <laughs> <laughs> the only one. Welcome to the Kindred Spirit Podcast, a program completely dedicated to the board game Spirit Island. On this show, we examine and discuss every aspect of the game, whether they be general tips, in-depth strategies, or silly shenanigans. Today, we talk about solo play. Although Spirit Island is renowned for its cooperative gameplay, it can offer you a unique experience whether you are playing with one spirit by yourself or multiple spirits at the same time. We are joined today by YouTuber and fellow Spirit Island fan, Solo Playthroughs. Greg, welcome to the show. Happy to be here. Hey, Greg! I don't like him, though. He hates shadows. (laughs) What? (laughs) Get off. (laughs) Heresy! (laughs) Heretic! here yeah i'm excited howdy howdy hey, thanks Greg. for joining yep <laughs> <laughs> this is where you speak you talk now you scared me for a second i thought the sound died he's just frozen out. <laughs> no, oh, man, no. no 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 hey we got greg on yeah so tell us a little about yourself who are you yeah, my name's Greg. Obviously, we got that established so far. I run the YouTube channel Solo Playthroughs, do a lot of games, but Spirit Island is the most featured game by hmm. probably a good five, ten videos, Maid's Night being second. And it was really the Spirit Island community that first embraced my channel as something that wasn't utter garbage on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> what, are there not Mage Night fans out there? <laughs> But yeah, it was like really the spirit. I like community that really helped me kind of grow and gave me a chance to see some returns. And I was like, all right, let me actually learn how to do this thing better and get better audio and better video and That's learn how to cool. edit videos and do a little more content. So I really appreciate that. But yeah, as the channel has grown, my love for Spirit Island has definitely grown along with it and just really had some really great interactions with the Spirit Island community. Right on. How long have you had your channel? Two years this week, really. Whoa. This Congratulations. Week? This week? Happy anniversary. What? Is this like an accidental celebration of your two-year anniversary? So I'm doing a live playthrough what? on Wednesday. I'm doing Zeds. I wouldn't normally do a four-hour live playthrough, but I'm doing it because it's my two-year anniversary. What? Uh, That's awesome, yeah. Greg. This is completely coincidental. What a week, huh? <laughs> <laughs> what a uh, week. That is so cool. When I first started, my first eight videos were all Arkham. That was the original plan. And then I did a Spirit Island video on a whim. And that was the second game I featured and picked up more subscribers. And I was like, all right. And then so kind of went back to that well a few more times. Why that whim? What made you just like, okay, I'll play Spirit Island now? Yeah, it just seemed like it would be contained. And from a time standpoint, it seemed like it's something I can get on camera and do it well enough that it would make a decent video. Didn't seem to be that much Spirit Island content on YouTube at the time, or at least not content that I wanted to watch. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's totally fair. That's one of the reasons why we started. Was because when I started to get into the game, I was like, whoa, this thing is awesome. I just wanted to dive in like head over heels. And so I was just scrounging for content, just devouring it as much as I could. And there wasn't anything that was exactly what I was looking for. And this is just like one of those be the change you want to see in the world. You know what I mean? (laughs) I was just like, well, if no one else is going to do it, 
Why can't I? Yeah, Uncle you know? Sam wants you. Yeah. <laughs> I think my first playthrough was like lightning against level one, something or other. And then I kind of worked up. My sweet spot on the channel was like level three, four for a long time. And now I'm mostly playing level fives. Uh, I got a level six series coming up. Ooh, and then we'll see where dang. I go with it. Jagged Earth was just an idea. I was skeptical, to be honest. The expansion blew me away how good it is. And Seriously. so 24 spirits and seven adversaries. I mean, there's no end to content. I mean, Spirit Island is a content creator's dream because there's, yeah, I can make a Spirit Island video any day I want. I will have something I can do. It's really good. Aspects. We got scenarios. There's so much. The replayability is ridiculous because you can even yeah. play the same character in the exact same game and just how you played that character. Oh, yeah. Be completely different. Board tiles, thematic, arcade. Right. The cards that you got yeah. in the yeah. Invader deck. The blight card that you had, the events, the fear cards. Heck, right. even if you don't use events, yeah. the fear cards are going to be different. Beast command, yeah, sure. Right, the, yeah. the power cards that you find, is, it's ridiculously different. Yeah, trying to get all the scenarios on has been a challenge. I did one no event playthrough. It's a minority, I think, at this point, but definitely there are players that hate that event deck so <laughs> much and just want to do the no event playthroughs. And that's fine. It is what it is. So that's right. Um, <laughs> about that. <laughs> Look, I'm not going to lie. I mean, there are definitely times I want to throw that event deck out the window, but I love the unpredictability that it adds to the game. I and love the thematic yeah. feel. You know, yeah. they, make the, they make the island feel like a living, breathing. Yeah, Unpredictable. Thing. Yeah, I do. 100%. Really like I mean, when I first played just the base game, I liked it. I mean, Spirit Island was like, all right, it's cool. I like the puzzle. There was definitely a time in my life where I was going through some things. Like, Spirit Island was my thing. It just, like, got me through, like, a couple of weeks where I just needed to focus on something that wasn't life. But when I really added Branch and Claw and had the event deck was when I really grew to love the game. It's like, oh, my gosh. Like, it's so much deeper and more dynamic. And it didn't give me that deterministic feel anymore in a way I really wanted in the game. You know, now it's my my favorite game. And Um, those tokens, too. Dude, Branch and Claw. It added so much. This. Great spirits. It yeah. makes the world that already felt big even bigger. Yeah. Oh, in yeah. The best way. The other thing I find really interesting about it, and I said this to Eric Royce, you know, when he was on my channel a while back, was that I feel like a lot of games, when they add content, it feels like it's a game that has added content. But with Spirit Island, yes. in a way, it feels yes. like it's revealing more of the island that already existed. Right. You just didn't know about it yet. In a way that's so cool. Branch and Claw yeah. was intended to be a part of the base. Oh, yeah. 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 And I cannot recommend. And branch and claw enough to oh, people yeah. and one of the reasons why it's because hey mr so-and-so that i'm talking to this expansion quote-unquote was intended to be right. with the original game so it's not just something that's just tacked on it's thoroughly integrated yeah, those tokens right. those events those like right. the power cards yeah. oh my word right Hearing Eric Royce talk about how he had to separate out the original planned power card decks and he had to get it down to elemental pairing combos and still keep all the powers in that he wanted in the base oh, game. That had like, to dude. Be <laughs> yeah. Oh I could not gosh. imagine. Oh. It was funny when you were talking about how this game was like a content creator's dream. I cannot tell you how many people I've spoken to where they're like, oh, you have a podcast? What's it about? I'm like, oh, it's a board gaming podcast. Oh, cool. What do you do? And then they learn, oh, yeah, it's just about one. Like, what do you talk about? One Just game? one board game? I'm like, oh, yeah. Oh, oh. yeah, we've been going for like, a <laughs> year and a half. I'm like, really? Like, how long can you do that? I'm uh, like, well, well, so long as literally nothing changes with the game ever, right now we can go ever. for another 84 weeks. <laughs> like, what? Oh, yeah. No. I'm like, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, actually. <laughs> yeah. And usually these are people who have, like, no idea how cool modern board games are. Because uh, you know, they're thinking, like, Boggle, Sorry, yeah. Battleship, Stratego, risk, Life, yeah. Risk, you know, these kind of things. And so it's like, well, allow me to introduce to you how awesome 
um, modern day board games right. are. You know, and it's interesting because the only other game that I play regularly that I think you could say the same thing about from just like a content creation standpoint is probably Arkham. Yeah, you know, but Arkham had like dozens and dozens of expansions. Spirit Island mm-hmm. had like three boxes, and it's still like the same yeah. expansive feel where just so much going on. And, and there's more to and come. So and there's right. And we played the base game in three 2017 years. for like three years, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. and we're loving it. You know, so. How long have you been doing board gaming? Has that been like a lifelong thing for you? I grew up in a family that played board games, Same. so that's fine. And yeah, <laughs> you know, we played our Parcheesi and our Yahtzee and apples to apples. And oh no, don't say those words. No, apples to apples is the only game I will burn if someone tries to bring it in. <laughs> <laughs> the only one. I mean, you know, Cards Against Humanity is a close second. There was but, like uh, good rid of that era. one too. Get rid of that one too. In time, there was like <laughs> apples and apples for like six years straight. Oh. I brought apples. <laughs> Apples. It's like, no, no. Oh, bad. Helen Keller is always the best card. And <laughs> my brother, one time, the, the, the card that round was touchy-feely. And so he put Helen Keller. <laughs> I was like, oh, no. You got to spell out water. He won. He won. He won. Oh, yeah. <laughs> So yeah, I was a poker player coming out of college. That was like my gaming fix. Texas Hold'em? Is that your favorite style? Like that version of it? Uh, I was more like a limit specialist. So yeah, I would play limit Hold'em, but I'd play like Omaha High Low, Stud High Low. Those were like the games. Okay. I was a semi-professional for a while. And that's how I was kind of earning my cash on the side. But poker kind of got boring to me and just found board games again. And Catan was a game that I played. Mm, we all did. You know, that was another one. Yeah. <laughs> it had its role in my gaming life. But then it was really, Scythe was the first time I really got into solo board gaming. Mm-hmm. I have a close friends that I live close by too. We all kind of spurred each other on. And Steve picked up this game and Rich picked up this game. Rich got Gloomhaven, whatever. And we just started, oh. you know, finding Wait, out about Say Scythe as a solo game? Have I been playing it wrong? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was a problem with Scythe for me. Like, I got so good at it because I played it so much solo that my gaming group won't play it with me for good reason. It's not fun for anybody. Like, it's just, <laughs> like I'm going to win 99 times out of 100. Not because I'm an amazing Scythe player, so I played so much more than you. Like, mm, yeah. Oh, and by the way, the Rise of Famers is absolute garbage. <laughs> That is a hill I'm willing to die Shots on. fired, Greg. Awful expansion. I wouldn't know. I'm, I haven't played it yet. Do but. not let your brother convince you to play <laughs> Scythe Rise of Memories. I just play the Rusviats and win. <laughs> and win. And right? win. Scythe was also like a introductory thing for me into modern day board gaming. So I find that like, wow, how about that? Like for you too. Twinsies. How about that? Just yeah. like a coincidence, small world kind of thing. Yeah, my wife, we started playing Terraform Mars a lot. And that game like kind of outgrew. Whoa. Like, it's fine. I'll play it with her if she wants to. But mm. I just, you know, I really got into the co-ops. Arkham LCG, Mage Knight, mm. you know, picked that up. Absolutely fell in love with Mage Knight and the Spirit Island, mm. you know, was right there. So it really, I would say the last five years has been, you know, the bulk of my journey into like modern board games in any what serious happened? way. And now I can't find room in my basement for more games. <laughs> <laughs> At least you have a basement. I wish I had a basement. I miss it. I forgot how much storage you can fit in a basement. And now oh, I'm completely yeah. aware living in a ranch how much storage I don't have. You have a garage? Yes. <laughs> Filled with all my landlord stuff. See, my wife and I, we foster teenagers. So before oh. we brought in a foster kid, we wanted to get our basement finished. Yeah. Uh, and we had a little bit of a gap. In the time we finished our basement, before we brought in a kid, the basement became my game room dungeon. <laughs> so now the kids get upstairs. They get that living room. <laughs> this is mine. Welcome to my dungeon. Um, and then my friend and I built a board game table that weighs like 200 pounds and can't what? leave this room. So it's like. What? That's so cool, Greg. That is yeah. dope. Okay. I'm like, uh, cool. <laughs> 
I want a board game table. I have my dining room table. <laughs> now this table I play on, yeah. I was pricing up gaming tables. Like, there's no way I'm spending that much money. Number one, number two, there's no way my wife will let me spend that much money. So, so like, my friend's like, I have all these power tools. I'm like, great. I'll look up how to make a table. <laughs> if you want to see this awesome table, go to youtube.com forward slash solo playthroughs. <laughs> I love this thing, man. <laughs> Are there any particular kind of game genres that you are fond of, whether it be like cooperative or maybe, I don't know, maybe like legacy or worker placement? Social deduction? Social deduction. Yeah. Like, is oh, there no. any kind that you particularly enjoy <laughs> or avoid perhaps? Yeah. Well, I tend to avoid worker placement and yep. I have to really be drawn to something about it if I'm going to play yeah. it. I'll play it with my friends. Like, I play Caverna a lot with my gaming mm. group because they like it and that's fine, but definitely not my go-to. Deck building, I've kind of waned on a little bit. Like, Aeon's End mm. is good. but That know. is a fun one, but that one's tough. It can be really tough. Solo, especially, can be really tough if you're playing by the standard rules with just two Nemesis cards, the so three turn order cards. Mm. So that's a game that I'll play. Social deduction is definitely not for me. If my friends want to play a game, I'll play it. Like, I'm not that guy who's going to, like, make it a miserable experience. Yeah. I'll have fun. Yeah. But when it's me, like, my preferred games, like, I really like the puzzly feel. So, I mean, that goes from Too Many Bones and Cloud Spire through Mage Knight, Spirit mm. Island. Like, I want to have something that I'm really, like, sinking my teeth into and getting my head, like, totally engaged in. The more immersive, the better. My third favorite game is, like, Dawn of the Zeds from Victory Point Games. And that's, like... <laughs> wildly different from Spirit Island and wildly different from Maze Night. So, I mean, I'll play a wide variety of games. I wouldn't say I'm like an omni-gamer mm -hmm. because there are definitely genres that aren't my go-tos and yeah. not my preferred, but like if a game has good strategic decisions and isn't too easy, I want games that I'm going to lose a fair amount. Like, it's just, mm -hmm. I don't know, I'm a sadist in that way. I guess. Like, <laughs> like a challenge. I want it to be a challenge. Like, yeah. I want to be able to push myself and I want it to have some level up that I can push myself to the next level and like I can get better. If I can sink my teeth into a game and feel like I'm getting better and better and I still have more depth that I could get even better like the more I play it like that's the kind of stuff that I like wrap my head around well it makes complete and total sense that Spirit Island is a game that'd be right up your alley yeah <laughs> oh about yeah you your teeth into. yeah for real no, the level up the different levels of adversaries built into the base game and you're like every adversary you can play at seven different levels if you count level zero it's like so mm. good when did you come to Spirit Island yeah I mean for me it was Right around that time, 2017, 2018, where I was just kind of on Board Game Geek and looking at the top games. And Spirit Island was definitely shooting up the charts and seeing that it was soloable made it attractive to me and picked it up and kind of haven't looked back. You know, because I said a little bit earlier, it was like my first few years, I was like, yeah, I like it. It's okay. It felt a little deterministic and presented a decent challenge. And then as I started going up the adversaries, I had a goal. I wanted to beat each adversary on level six. Okay. And this was just with base game content. So when I accomplished that and I added Branch of Claw, that's when I was like, oh, wow this is a whole world of a game that I'm going to love forever. Because mm. it was so freaking good. But uh, and Fangs is probably my favorite character still. Whoa! Mm. I didn't know that, Greg! Yes! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. I love Fangs. Oh! He's so yes. fun. I don't think Fangs is the best. I think Many Minds is the best, but oh. Many Minds I find boring. Oh. Yeah. oh, man. We have a listener that you just made very happy. <laughs> oh, I think Many Minds is that so right, good. That right, <laughs> They're so sick. I mean, they have an answer for everything, dude. They can, yeah. They're defending everything. They're generating fear like crazy like they're moving to Han around oh it's nuts yeah especially in Solo oh my goodness oh, yeah, yeah. and we'll yeah. get into that too but I think they're a very solid Solo pick oh they're I really disgustingly do. good Solo yeah they're great they're oh, really yeah. good so Given the fact that Spirit Island as a game is very famous for how good it is as a cooperative game, 
Some people, when they look at various games and they examine them, they look at them as, okay, this is how it is in multiplayer, this is how it is in Legacy. And some games, oh, they'll say, oh, it's one to four or whatnot. But that doesn't necessarily mean that every multiplayer game equates to having a good solo mode. And I've seen many right. people on YouTube and, heck, other websites analyze games based on their solo modes exclusively. So I'm curious, as I ask this question to you specifically, since your channel is about solo gaming and whatnot, would you recommend Spirit Island as a good solo game to someone who exclusively does solo gaming or perhaps maybe doesn't have a group of friends that they can play this with? Is it worth that investment? Yeah, well, I mean, the nice thing about Spirit Island is the flexibility, because even if you want to, you can play so many spirits at once. I mean, I've never played more than two. I have no interest or desire to play more than two at one time. <laughs> I mostly play true solo with just one spirit. I like that immersion. I like the fact that the games are quicker. There's less upkeep. There's less overhead. You oh, do yeah. lose a little bit of something with some of the powers. You lose some of the synergies you can create between spirits. But I play so much with friends as well that I get all that when I play with my friends. So mm. I play a lot of two-handed and three-handed games easily, like more so than any other game. Like I've had at least five friends who have played Spirit Island with me and then got them and bought it. <laughs> so like, yeah. yeah. They just, they just <laughs> want it. Like my friend Steve lives across the street. And after like a year and a half of just playing here, he's like, man, I just need my own copies. I do want to play solo. Yeah. It is what it is. You look, if you just want it for solo, I mean, it's my favorite solo game. Like, it's, mm. it's up there. Maze Nice number two, then Zeds and Arkham Horror LCG and all the big names. But, I mean, Spirit Island gives you more variety and more replayability as a solo player than any other game you could mm. ever invest in. Plus, if you compare the price point of Spirit Island to some of the other top solo games, like yeah. looking at YouTube Theory games, like <laughs> your investment is amazing. Like, it's yeah. incredible the return for your money that you're getting out oh, of this yeah. game. It's yeah. really sick. Talk about solo play versus true solo. Do you have, like, a preference? You usually play one or the other? Well, a dissection of that term, because I actually have a gripe with that. Okay. Because, like, uh, it's the smallest <laughs> I think you're gripe. I your gripe about this. Because uh, I don't know your gripe about this. <laughs> what is your gripe, right? The, the term solo yes. means one. So we've, <laughs> but, now, but. we've now come to normalize the term true solo. Which is very redundant to me. Now, when I thought about this, I was wondering, when people say solo, are they referring to the number of human players or the yeah. number of spirits? Because some yeah. people say solo means how many human players. So, oh, I did a solo game where I played yeah. four people. Or, oh, I did a yeah. solo game where it was me, but I played one character. For me, I think it just makes more sense that the word solo pertains to the number of spirits. Oh, Greg, how do you define it? I think my natural inclinations would have been with Ryan, but I think in common usage now, like solo just refers to the number of players. I mean, take like Dawn of the Dead, for instance. You're always playing with four heroes, but yeah. it's a renowned solo game. I mean, Gloomhaven, yeah, you can play solo, but you have to use two mm. characters unless you're playing the special solo scenarios. Right. right? Mm -hmm. So I think that it's just understood now that solo is, hey, there's one person, but how many heroes, mm. characters, spirits are are you playing with? I think that's going to be up to the person. But I mean, you could say the other way, Ryan. If they're playing more than one spirit, they're playing false solo. So it's... <laughs> <laughs> false yeah. solo it's false <laughs> fake fake solo so, not my solo no, I, I, look I prefer true solo number one you can play more games number two just upkeep there's less chance for making a mistake mm -hmm. I think there's something a little awkward and like I'm gonna look at this hand of cards pick my powers I have to look at this hand of cards now I pick my powers 
I think True Solo lends itself more to the video format. So obviously on the channel, it's what I highly feature more than the two-handed playthroughs. But that said, I get more hits on my two-handed playthroughs than the True Solo. I was Greg. I was going to say I like you working out when you are playing two spirits, and like you have this internal dialogue that obviously you're talking, but you're like, I can play this, and then this goes with Bringer, which then leads Green to do this. I like the ebb and flow of when you are playing two-handed. Right, right. I do think people are more drawn to the two-handed, and the numbers bear that out. I get definitely more hits by probably a good 10 20 percent when i have two spirits on there i mean it's a lot more work for me <laughs> <laughs> so greg's Every lazy okay <laughs> so how much is that worth to you <laughs> yeah no i mean but yeah just my preference is i play one spirit i just like the game more in that way and how i experience it but i think a large part of that if i was never playing with my friends on the side i might want to play more two-handed stuff but i mean i'm taking on level six adversaries with my friend tony i'm playing level five adversaries with steve Hey there, Editing Ryan here. I just wanted to come in and clarify something by defining a term that this community uses often. If you interact with the Spirit Island community, you will come across the term two-handed, three-handed, or multi-handed. This is a term that refers to the amount of characters that a single human player is controlling. Two-handed means that they're playing two characters, three-handed means three, and so on. Multi-handed simply means any number of characters beyond just one. Alright Greg, back to you. I do a number of like three-handed playthroughs with friends, you know, and three-handed, the board just looks so nice and circular. It's great. Right? It's so, yes! Such, it's the yes! perfect island. <laughs> yes, that's the biggest selling point for three-player games. It's for me, f- it's, it's the perfectly circular island. It looks so pretty. <laughs> it's so aesthetically pleasing. I'll tell you what, most of my three-handed playthroughs, though, are, it's like me, one of my friends who's really good at the game, and then be it Zach, Steve, Tony, whatever, and then we're introducing somebody else to the game. So we're always playing like level three, level four. They're playing with lightning every time. And I know there's like, is that the best beginner spirit at my table? It is. (laughs) So like we do that and maybe I'll play green just to kind of help them out depending on how much of a gamer they are. Yeah, it's funny, man. You start them off at level four, Greg? That's pretty high for a beginner. Level three, level four. It depends. Okay. I don't know. In our game with (laughs) Habsburg, we had Bob come in. It was like, hey, (laughs) Habsburg, here we go. Level six, here we go. (laughs) So yeah, I guess I can't be one to talk. Yeah. So you like multi-spirit games with other people, it sounds like, better than multi-handed. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. I just get so many more playthroughs on True Solo. They're just so quick. But to me... All right. (laughs) My soapbox real quick. (laughs) I feel like that's the perfect synergy is when you are playing multi-spirits because you're not like a selfish player thinking of yourself. Yeah, it's all happening in your own mind. It's all happening in like, I know River needs this because I'm playing River, so Green's going to do this for River. But if you're like, River's over there across the island and someone across the table, they're thinking about themselves. They probably want to help me out, but they're thinking about them first. I don't know. Right. Have you ever had that fun thing where you're like, okay, I'm going to play this card because of this reason. Okay, I'm going to do this. Oh, yeah, this character is set. Yeah. Cool. Go to player two. Okay, I'm going to go into this. I'm going to do this. Oh, you know what? I could <gasps> totally do this, and the other player could totally help out with this. Go back to them. Okay, I'm going to change this and go back. Oh, shoot, I forgot they were doing that. Uh, mm. <laughs> yeah. I think some of it, too, is it's almost like an analysis paralysis before you even get into the game, right? You're just like, yeah. uh, you're just staring at the I board. play with, right? And you could totally cheese it. I mean, you can get some combos that are just so broken, like, if you know what you're doing and you get the right power cards or whatever, it's like, oh, okay, whatever. And I just feel like there's a swinginess in true solo play, but there's a level of challenge that's more predictable going in. Okay. You know, and I like just cycling through the different spirits and, like, really kind of digging into the one spirit, what makes them tick. You know, I think the weaknesses of each spirit are so much more exposed when you're true solo yeah. and learning how to cover for that 
I think kind of going Blood Island early with some of these spirits. Learning what that means, I think, has been a big part of like where I've grown to love this game. But oh, absolutely. I mean, I think my level six playthroughs weren't not fun. They were just a lot. <laughs> so, you know, I, I will do them more. There are some spirits I won't play True Solo. I find Finder and River like really boring True Solo. It's the same game. Get everything in one land and kill it all. It's like, all right, that's much more interesting when it's another It's story. not the same game. It's not. <laughs> John is, yeah. There's more to that. Those are his two babies, <laughs> Finder and River. I mean, Finder. <laughs> Which makes sense, though, because if you like multi-spirit games, that makes so much sense. It's <laughs> alive a lot more. Good point. Alive a ton more in multi-spirit games. But Solo, it's like, it's a pretty small island. So mm-hmm. they're just like, we'll put everything here and blow it up eventually. We're good. <laughs> <laughs> Massive flooding. It'll happen soon. <laughs> Rainy deep on a one-player board. Um, Sacrifice victory? <laughs> <laughs> you were talking about playing games with your friends. What's the biggest game you've played? I've never played more than three. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Do you want to go to six? No. no? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. There's that answer. <laughs> that answer was fast. <laughs> I have no desire. i tell you what. My wife's cousin, I introduced him to the game, and he's like kind of grown into it. He has a friend out in Seattle. Yeah. He's playing the game some more. And he's like, oh, I played a six-handed game. And I was like, I texted him back. I was like, dude, that sounds terrible. <laughs> it just sounds not fun at all. It just sounds long. With the and, like, experience. If everyone knows the game, I think it'd be great. But everyone's got to know the game. I don't want to do a six-handed teaching game. Yeah, I can definitely see the temptation of almost requiring people to be familiar with the game prior. Oh, yeah. Otherwise, it's just going to take very long. I can oh, definitely yeah. see that. So favorite player count is three, sounds like? Favorite one. <laughs> one, dude. Well, I, I just I, meant like... Let like, me ask solo playthroughs what their favorite I meant play- for multiple people. <laughs> for multiple people, I mean, it's prettier with three. I like two. I like the synergy with two. I like... Okay. You know, again, you're still a little bit exposed. You're just kind of puzzling it out together. And I think you can just do more with two and the game still mm. maintain a pretty solid pace. I feel it. So... Brings out the rule book. <laughs> Can you hear that at home, listener? Flap, 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 flap. There we go. The Foley artist here. <laughs> the crazy Spirit Island oversized right. rule book. It's got pretty pictures. Shut up. Thing. It's so this pretty. Thing wide. This thing is uh, crazy. But all the pictures. I actually do really like this rule book. <laughs> I mean, it's one of the better ones, but the layout's a little much the first time you look at it. <laughs> it's like, what is happening in this thing? So let's talk about how this game feels at different player counts because more so than other games i really do believe that this game at just one player difference whether it's one less or one more actually definitely changes the way that the game feels the experience is different you know obviously the game is intended to be co-op but let's see what the book has to say about solo modes solo games work much like normal games but with a single board as the whole island The only difference is that you can target yourself with powers that specifically target another spirit. Though you do not gain extra benefits from powers that are better when used on another spirit, like Gift of Constancy or Elemental Boon, for example. Also, the luck of the draw is high, and you have no fellow spirits to compensate for your spirit's weaknesses and limitations. So that actually is very much to a point that you made, too, with the fun of having another teammate with you. Because there can be a yin-yang there, because you will very quickly learn the capabilities or lack thereof that your character has in true solo play. We didn't even talk about double board. You have to do a, d- <laughs> yeah. do a double board Yeah, solo? that's a new thing that came Extra boards are fun. I like yeah. action boards. Double board solo is, like, really interesting. Yeah, and to those who are unfamiliar with that, there's a mode of play... That 
that you can do where even though you may have one player, you have an additional board. Now, you don't have to do this with two solo. You can just add an additional board to whatever game you have. Even if us three were to play a three-player game where we all played one spirit each, if we wanted to increase the difficulty, what we could do is add a fourth or even a fifth if we wanted. And that's a new style of play that came with Jagged Earth. Technically, you could do it in the first one, but like that they was mapped out like yeah. what you add and yeah. what, what goes on the island. Yeah, right. that's its own fun experience too. But oh, yeah. let's talk about true solo: one character, one board. Boy, this is probably the most different of all the experiences. Yeah. Because you can feel the crutch's absence of having a friend to lean on. I think it feels like a different game altogether. It kind of does. It does. It does. It depends on the spirit. Like, Serpent is like... I know, I'm going to eat myself. I find Serpent really hard multiplayer. But True Solo, (laughs) I find it really strong. Because it's all the benefits you're giving to your friend, now you get to yourself. So you're growing so much faster. But multiplayer, you're like... Right. And Elemental Ages has always been good, but now it covers half the island yeah. <laughs> yeah. but then look at the ratios how much fear do we have per player four oh, yeah. that's it yeah. when you are accustomed to a multiplayer game four is like oh my word especially higher great. player counts this if is you're used awesome. to like four player games or oh, something geez. it's like 16 fear one card you're like no <laughs> when you have a five player game just 20 fear and you're like what tier oh. level are we on? Still one. Right. Okay, okay. Because you can even look at cards that give you three fear. On a solo game, that's like, oh my word, that's almost a fear card. Paralyzing Fright, if you hit the threshold, is eight fear. That's two fear cards nice. in solo. Yet, yeah. if you're in a five-player game, you're like, cool, do that literally two more times, and we can get yeah. one fear card. Like, the difference is insane. Yeah. And then, once again, Blight. Back in the day, we only had two <laughs> player. And it sucked, because it was really <laughs> hard. But it also just made you very hyper aware that, okay, this card puts a blight out there. Uh-huh. Wildfire. I'm just not going to play you. <laughs> oh, I loved Wildfire before the rule. And now really? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It was worth it. It's still great. No, it's good spirit. But in solo, oh, it's yeah. an entirely new ballgame. And so that yeah. errata change that added one more blight is huge for solo players. How did that affect you in your games? Like, when you heard of that change, what was your reaction to it? I mean, yeah, I call it the Eric Royce loves you blight. It's like, <laughs> it's so great, dude. I mean, in some ways, I got so comfortable, like, being Blighted Island. And you know, especially yeah. the Blighted Island cards got so much you know, better. Than oh, my word. Memory fades three. and downward spirals suck. <laughs> yeah. What's the one that makes you lose three, though? I'm losing the tipping point. point. What is it? Good old tipping point. Oh, yeah. Other than that one, I feel the rest got, like, more forgiving. So it even made yeah. it less dangerous to go Blighted Island. So I just wasn't scared with it. But then once Eric Royce explained the reason for the errata, I was like, oh, my gosh. You can't unsee it. Right? It makes so much like, sense. You know, oh, I thought about that from the very beginning. I always thought how many can we actually place (laughs) and it's always one less than what you have. And I was like, wow, this threshold is really small. Okay, that's just the high professional standard we just got to exist at because, okay, that's what we are dealing with. Have you ever gotten, by the way, back against the wall or aid from lesser spirits? Uh, 
basically the good blight cards. When you flip oh, it, yeah. it's one of the good ones. Oh, that's one of the best feelings ever. Like, yeah, it's fun. Time out. As a solo player, is that tough? Because they only have two blight. Two purpose. blight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, there are definitely games where like, I can't remember it. I know on the channel I've done it at least twice where I kept it, but you can choose not to. Mm-hmm. And I used to read it like you had to pass it up, and then I realized no, you actually have the choice. You can keep it or you can not keep it. Mm-hmm. But like, they can really break a game open in your favor. But it is only two blight. So if you blight cascade in true solo. It's like bye bye. Perfect. That was a fun game. <laughs> but yeah, they're great. I like the still healthy island cards. They almost made the game harder. I mean, because the one you're adding an extra blight on the board right off the bat, yeah. and that's not great. And then the other one is you're adding that fear in the fear pool, and like that. I mean, oh. if you're playing against you know England, like at level six England, so <laughs> it's like so great. That, that happened. That happened. To that us. happened. <laughs> we still did it. Yeah, it was light earth and immense lightning. It was tough. A lot of fear. Sucked. Oh man, you went double easy aspect spirits that's ridiculous <laughs> it was a poetic end because lightning and earth was the first game i ever played with in spirit island it was a two-handed game where i yeah. played as those two and so as the finale for england which was the hardest adversary oh yeah since the beginning it just felt poetic but yeah we were very glad to pull that one off but it was hard oh, greg oh our game gosh. turned into your game where you were like okay i just need 70 more fear and then i win the game we were literally <laughs> doing math and we're like okay 36 and then you play this card and then i do this he was pleading with me that we go all in fear i'm like <laughs> we can't afford to yet maybe next turn but not yet we can't but we had to look at this land look at this we had one. to work out the math we need another year of perfect stillness spam. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. dude that's crazy dude i think the first time i put earth on the channel i was just trying to get the moral victory of like surviving to the event deck was exhausted uh-huh. <laughs> and that was like level three england mm. Man, that was a year and a half ago at this point. But. I will say one thing I really like about just doing a one-player game is how fast the turns go. Because mm, the growth yeah. phase is, okay, I'll do this, I'll do this, um, maybe do this, you'll deliberate with yourself for 10 seconds, maybe. Okay, yeah. and we go. And you do it, and you're like, next. Wow. Especially when you are used to how long it takes for the growth phase in a multiplayer game. And you're like, whoa, whoa, this is great. Just going. I love it. Yeah. Well, even the invader steps, man. Like, you're doing a stage three car with the two spirits. It's like, I had to put eight of these stupid little explorers (laughs) over the board. Yeah. For me, it's France. Like, following all their little rules. Like, add this one. And then this gets a town if a coastal city builds. And then extra explorer. (laughs) And you can't kill them. You can't kill the extra explorer. (laughs) And no blight. There are some adversaries that are really tough in solo play. France is finicky for me. So France, I would say, is among them. Russia, too. Yeah, and Russia T O O, by the way, not Russia level two, but just Russia yeah, yeah, yeah. as well. Yeah. And then I think Scotland. Basically, anyone that has a like loss Scotland. condition that is based on a thing that's based on number of players, something per player, something per board, these kinds of things. Because I feel as if you need to be very aware and very careful right. with your awareness on okay, how many oh, towns yeah. do I have left for France? Oh, okay, yeah. uh, okay, how many do I have this for beasts that right. are dying with Russia? You know, because you only start with one natively, yeah. and they give you another one, so you have two. Unless your mind's. Hey! But yeah, like, I feel as if the game, it's very strange because the stakes, the tension is much higher because you're just very close. Like, your balance beam on maybe a two-player game, a three-player game may have been, like, 12 inches wide, but now it's like, okay, 
Only like three inches wide. Okay. I can still do this. I can still win. I can still be fine. But I just got to be very careful. Your margin for error is just much, much smaller. I feel like card draws are so much more important, too, in solo play. It's like, oh, no, I got nothing I needed. Okay. I guess this round sucks. (laughs) (laughs) Nah. Like an early defense card in a true solo game is huge. It just changes everything. You stop one attack. That's half of all of the damage coming in on the entire island. Yeah. Yeah. It's huge. Which is insane. Yeah, France is really tricky, true solo. There's only four towns left in your pool. Yeah. And when you start the game, you're like, that's not a lot. You know, I think it helps keep you focused, right? Like, it's like you can really more clearly define your problem areas. But even having that ability, it's still a swing of your game, for sure. Mm. I mean, a bad event card early. Now, if you're playing Trickster and you pull two events in a row, they're like, ignore Strife. You're like, oh. (laughs) (laughs) But that's my thing. That's what I do. That's what I do. (laughs) Colin's escalation on the board with the most. Uh, Oh, no. (laughs) I guess that's me. It's always my board. I win. Look at me. That's bad, man. I think the coastal land card is also particularly... On Solo 2, depending Dude, on... I'm not going to lie. I have grown to love that card because I hate the no escalation No escalation so much. I hate them so much. <laughs> they're like, just there's the silver worst. linings to everything. Greg, you oh, were praying for that coastal land during the England game. You're like, please, oh gosh, yeah. where is it? <laughs> you need it with England, man, because you're just avoiding that extra build. is so huge. Mm, Stupid build. Bad. Mm. It's really bad. <laughs> So you agree with our nomenclature of the stupid bit. The stupid bit. Oh, yeah, I love it. I trademarked you guys a couple of times, man. <laughs> Stop it, it's so ridiculous. I'm like, you literally built three other times this turn. Build again. <laughs> again. Why must you make me relive these tortures? It's the Thor meme, like, another. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think it's interesting that England was always the hardest, right? Because France, when it first came out, was like, oh, France is like harder than England. And I was like, I don't know. England no. was always the hardest. And then Scotland's hard. Habsburg is hard. Russia's hard. But England's still the hardest. Like, it's just, it's yeah. something about I think they still. Formerly yeah. recognizes difficulty 11. I think they're I still did not the know that dog. for the longest time. I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah, I heard that on your show. I was like, yeah, that makes so much sense, too. Right. It's ridiculous. You feel it. So you, seriously. It's such a grind, too. How long oh, was yeah. that episode of England that you had to edit down? Way too long. Okay. I've <laughs> <laughs> been there. <laughs> and you know, when you start with Bringer, you're like, no. we're doing a fear of victory. That's all <laughs> we, we have got. to. Buckle up. We'll be here for a couple hours. <laughs> According to the community at large, two players is what everyone agrees on as the quote-unquote best player count. Now, I actually don't have a favorite player count because I really do feel as if every experience at the player levels is different enough that Mm. it's still really fun and I truly, actually, genuinely enjoy every one of them. Two players is up there. It's like probably one of my favorite player counts. Mm. The ratios are almost still low enough where whatever I do, it is critical. It is critical to the gameplay. But you have a friend. And now that you have a friend, you can help compensate. And seeing how you're working with someone else's mind, or as we talked about doing multi-hand solo, you can do this cooperative thing. And this is where the cooperative nature of a two-player game is such that when you see the effect of cooperation, it only came from that one buddy, and vice versa. So when you see something that was cooperative and helpful, that was 100% because you helped them. And so you get this, like, yes, like, you're 
responsible for how good this awesome thing was. I find that intoxicating, personally. I remember it was on your show you guys were talking about the green plus wildfire. Yeah. Wow. Level six. Yeah. One of my favorite games. So my friend Tony and I did it. And yeah. Yeah. Hey. Pure adrenaline, man. That game was amazing. Who was who? Right? Who was yeah, who? Who was who? Who's who? I was Wildfire, I'm pretty sure. Mm. I'm pretty sure. I don't remember. That's bad. I don't remember, man. I played. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure I was Wildfire. But I do remember the whole time it was like that cooperation, how much that specific combo like highlighted that. Cause it's like, oh, I can put another presence on the board. <laughs> you know, Damn. Like, yeah. There goes a city. <laughs> And the beautiful oh, thing with that pairing is that either one of them can just soup up the other to a ridiculous extreme to perform yeah. some crazy cool thing. Yeah. So it's yeah. not just a one-sided affair because obviously gift of proliferation on wildfire means that they can go place another presence and do a damage right there. Damage, but then Flame's Fury on Creeper's Terror and Mortar now oh, takes yeah. this Each quote one unquote subpar ability and bam, 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 three times, so good. three towns gone. Oh, it's phenomenal. It's so good. It's really good. What are your thoughts on two players, Jeff? Okay. <laughs> I think it's my favorite to do if I'm playing by myself. Sorry, Greg. Okay. <laughs> So, <laughs> so two-handed then. I do like two-handed. I like the peanut butter jelly ebb and flow of just mm-hmm. like working together. I like the flexibility. Like we said, with one spirit, you're just under a microscope. Yeah. So especially I play a lot of like shadows or some of my favorite spirits where if you don't get a card draw that's perfectly helping you out, then you just like are down a turn and then you're fighting against right. Blade. And that's true. It's an uphill battle sometimes. Yeah. The card draw within lower player count games almost feels more offensive and it's like a huge swing in a mess. Yet it's that much more like <gasps> when you get Jungle Hungers True. in a lower player count <laughs> game. Like, yes! Yes! Perfect! Perfect! So I think two might be my favorite when I'm just playing solo. If I'm talking multi-person or human game, three is, I think, where this game shines. Is three player count. Three? Especially if they know the game. Obviously, teaching games are different or newer players. Yeah. But if there's three experienced players, this is the peak of what this game mm. is supposed to be to me. I think, especially with some spirit, like three players ocean is amazing. Yes. I just love that puzzle where like, where do I want to put my present? That's a good point, actually. Oh. How ocean factors into all this. Ocean is count. so different on player Because ocean yeah. is a spirit that changes dramatically based on the player count. Yeah. Two, oh, yeah. two or three might be oceans like just sweet, sweet spot. Yeah. Four mm-hmm. is tough. It's difficult more to go to the coast. Oh, yeah. yeah and yeah. those crazy wahoos online who have done those 24 spirit games. I feel so bad for ocean. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. Poor I ocean. So bad for ocean. It's going to take forever. Please, sir, can I have some more? Oh, so is it 24 health just to get one energy? Yeah. Right? It's ridiculous. <laughs> Basically, at that point, the thing that you need to do is make sure that volcano is bequeathing energy to yeah, ocean. Yeah, or River is bequeathing energy to ocean. Yeah. Anyone who Heck, can wildfire, get energy, yeah. Give yeah, <laughs> it to ocean. Theory. Please. Something. That poor dude is just like, I'm starving. Because when you play ocean, I'm like, do you even have a top track? I just always go bottom for ocean. <laughs> It's just like a straight bottom track. Who cares about those elements up top? I think I remember, I mean, going back to one, I mean, Ocean was, you know, when you first start playing, right? And you're like, how the heck do you win with this thing? You know? And yeah. then you're like, oh, oh my okay. word. <laughs> it's like, not only can I win with it, it's probably the strongest base spirit other than Thunderspeaker, right? I mean, it's so ridiculous the amount of damage it can do. Yeah. Thunderspeaker, no, dude. The worst part of a teaching game is when you never see that moment, right? Oh, yeah. That moment where it just clicks and you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, yep. I know what I'm doing. I can make my decisions. And you have those, like I say one out of three times that I've Play the three-player game like the person we were playing with has never really 
got it. And it's like, oh, dude, you're missing it. But when they get it, it's such an exciting moment. But when you're playing with yeah. lightning, but for me, like I remember my moment was like Ocean was like a big moment for me when this game was like just opened up and I was like, mm. holy cow, like what you can accomplish yeah. with this one spirit. I can't get inland, but oh, I can find a way to get inland. Mm. I just need the right major power and right. I'm going to have the energy to do Where's it. Where's the so claim? Bad. Where are you at? <laughs> and sometimes fear cards, you learn to depend on them. Just like, okay, yes. I hope a fear card can yes. just like, if there's a Dahan in this land, move and explore. Yeah, yeah, help you out. Yeah. yeah. When it comes to three players, I think on the record, I would say that I don't truly have a favorite, kind of like what I said not long ago. Off the record, three players, I, I three. think, is in the running. If I had a gun to my head and someone said, what is your favorite? I think I might actually say three. Because it's just small enough that I feel like I'm a critical member of that team, but it's big enough that I can interact with multiple people. Yeah. And I can go to multiple directions and whatnot. I think it's like just a sweet spot because then the ratios I think are still totally fine or just yeah. fine. 12 fear I don't think is bad. bad. Then you have the blight pool is now at seven. Nice. I think that's decently manageable. I think that's enough that it's like, okay, we can let one or two go, but there's still the mental reminding pressure that, okay, well, we don't want to go ham. Let's make sure that we're still engaging in blight removal tactics. I think it's like just enough. And the greatest reason for doing a three-player game is because with three boards, you can orient the board in a perfect circle. The circle island. <laughs> yes, it's not literally a perfect circle, but it is so aesthetically pleasing to my OCD to oh, see yeah. no, that like, round island. I love it so much. <laughs> like, if us three played a game, tell me that wouldn't be fun. You know, yeah. it's like us yeah. three, just like experienced players oh, yeah. going at it, level six, that'd be a blast. Yeah. Yeah. Now, threes are really fun. Yeah. It's a really satisfying level. I mean, I've never played four, but I feel like it would feel like a downgrade from the first minute because you don't have a circle anymore. It's like, <laughs> where's my circle? What is this? The square Square is good enough. <laughs> well, I have this weird parallelogram. I want a circle. <laughs> it is kind of fun to get funky with the designs, whether you make like a crab or whatnot. It kind of feels like Legos. Mm. You know, yeah. just like, hey, there's like that monkey part of your brain that's just like, <laughs> fun shape. You know? <laughs> I mean, it's still like the most unique board in yep. gaming, right? I'd say. I asked Eric about it, and he was like, went on this whole rift about tessellations and some like old yeah. math class he took. And I'm yeah, like, yeah. Teach me more, guru. <laughs> He would read those tessellation books on the way to math meets, you would say. I remember he was saying that, like, the boards were originally, like, at yeah. one point, it was either hexagons or octagons yeah. where the board had a certain shape. But the thing was, is they were all oriented in certain ways. So when you started mixing them together, north for this board was illustrated this way. But that way was, like, over here, and it was kind of yeah. weird. I love the way... The final product yeah. came out. Oh, it's amazing. I think it's great. It's amazing. Talking on four players, for me, I feel like the time jump, for some reason, is almost exponential. I was about to from say, three. I think it's the, so much the longer. jump is between three and four players. It's almost backbreaking. I still like four players. Like, we've done them, obviously. Mm -hmm. I feel like it's just extra hour, instantly. <laughs> yeah. For some reason, that fourth player. Yeah. Yeah. The big jumps, I think the big jumps are from one to two, okay. and from three to four. Yeah. So when you go to four, that's when it starts to feel like a big experience. Because now, depending on how your board is set up, okay. now there is someone that you are playing with that is not touching your board oh, yeah. at all. 
you have to go far out there now to reach that person. Right. Of course, this depends on maybe who they're playing as and how you built your board. But point being, right. at two and three, you were touching everyone's. Right. Perhaps maybe one person on the end, one person on the other, but it was high that you had quick access to either of your two friendly players. With four, though, this is for me when it starts to get pretty high in the fear cards with the amount of tokens that you need to get one. It starts to feel tough. Like, ugh, wow, we've been in Terror 1 for like 30 minutes. Yikes. You're scaring Greg. You know? He's never going to play four player now. But, but, I mean, I, this I might also <laughs> is cool because now Blight is a lot easier to let on. So those cards like Drought that do a lot for you, but right. they cost a blight. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> a that makes sense. A little more cavalier. So it's this strange shift because if you have just one character doing fear, fear is always a necessity. Right. But the thing is, is it feels like you're just like, I've been working on the railroad. Hey, how much more fear cards to the next terror level? Three. Oh. <gasps> Okay, yeah. just keep at it, just keep at it, just keep at it. Yeah. And it can feel kind of tiring, but the thing that's interesting, though, is how it changes with the blight that I was just talking about. Furthermore, it starts to feel like this grand scope, like there are multiple spirits here. How you doing, buddy? Dude, I just have this awesome attack on the mountain range. Sounds good. <laughs> I'm way over here. What? And like, so you can now start to hear stories from the island from your friend's point of view, as opposed to seeing it because, oh, I was right there. I do really legitimately like the grand aspect because now it's like, here's my board. I'm going to do my best because if I don't do my best, it's going to start to get on other people's boards, other people's like multiple people. So I feel as if the responsibility of doing good is almost higher, but not because of the same emotion in a low player count game. Because in a low player count game, the responsibility of playing well was because we might lose if I don't. And technically, <laughs> the thing was is now in a high player count game, I may not directly lose the game immediately if I don't do well, but now other players are going to have blight on theirs. It's going to be harder for them. And the game lasts long enough that I can see the negative aspects of my poor gameplay on their boards. And right. that responsibility is, I think, kind of a fun challenge because it's like, I want to make sure that I'm the player who did well enough to assist my fellow teammates across this entire thing as opposed to just okay well if i don't we just lose like straight up and it's kind of fun to be like okay i want to make sure that i'm not the person who's just like pushing all this blight onto my friend's boards but it feels like you're a cog in a big machine now as opposed to like a critical member of this like playing card house you know that we're all leaning on each other with you know i want to play like four player scotland because that escalator Mm. that'd be so brutal the escalation (laughs) is completely different with them the person who's struggling the most here's four more towns <laughs> yeah, that's hey! awesome. and <laughs> that it's works. because there's so many fear cards. It takes so long with Scotland. Oh yeah. On today's episode of Find Where Fractured Is, let's see what board that one found <laughs> 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 <Not> it. <laughs> it was is tough. the one that's all white plastic. <laughs> oh my gosh! I tried to do a level five Scotland fractured in ocean, and uh, yeah, that didn't go well. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's out oh. there for the world to see. Go find it. <laughs> Sometimes Fracture really depends on that Days That Never Were deck. Oh, yeah. How you yeah. start, you're like, oh, okay, this is going to be a rough game. <laughs> 
Oh, yeah, yeah. It was pretty rough. And I tried to force a four times sideways that I shouldn't have. Because I was yeah. like, I'm going to use I this. I did that one for the memes. I did that one for the memes. I just wanted to see how it was. I just wanted to say I did it. There's such a fun spirit. Oh, I love Fractured Solo now. It took me a while to figure it Starlight, too. Oh, my gosh. I put on my top spirit video, by the way, and another tangent here. And I put Starlight like pretty low, and I got blade for it i want to get into your list <laughs> i watched that i had river too low river was low. Too low and i had downpour too low those are the four no one ever told me who i had too high yeah but the four i had too low consistently were those four it was like mm. okay okay i get it for five players it's I mean, a longer game on, who plays five players <laughs> who plays <laughs> that what psychopath players. i mean <laughs> They're crazy. Now, this is when you take those new changes that came in that three to four jump and you just push it to a little bit more of an extreme. Because now you really feel like a smaller cog in that machine. But oh, for me personally, this is my record for in-person table is five. I do want to get to a six-player game. I want to see exactly what it's done. Just have all yes, day set online, aside. you can do it fine. And like we talked about, sure, there's people that do six-handed play which is insane. But like, I mean, six people around a table. I've only ever done to five. I think that's your record too, if I'm not yeah. mistaken, John. And so... How long did oh, it take? I'm really curious. Man, the fear is just, oh, abysmal. That was our heads for a game. Is it five players? It takes forever. Are you thinking of five hours? We started at seven. Yeah, we probably went until around midnight. It was a long game. It was long, yeah. See, that's my problem. If my crew's getting together and we're all in the same room, we're playing like TI4. the fear is tough but thankfully i think in the later game damage becomes to be one of your greatest incomes of fear you know as opposed to just fear generation in general but i mean to be fair anyone can find fear cards and like go for it but there comes this point where it's like blight removal and fear generation is almost like something we all gotta do Because no longer can you just have one player completely devoting to fear and it goes quick. It does not go quick. You need to have at least two or maybe even three people or all of us going halvesies on this thing. Getting a fear victory is so difficult at those higher counts. At those higher player counts. Oh, easy, yeah. Because I find Bringer too strong now in like low player kind of games. Mm. But I would think Bringer at five, that would be a really interesting dynamic. Yeah, it's portioned out entirely differently, yeah. But Bringer, I feel like, has enough support or in their kits where they would be still useful. I don't know. Oh, because yeah. they're still controlled. Yeah, yeah. They're oh, still yeah. throwing out yeah. elements. You can see the fear card. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it would be a different game. It couldn't be just fear for Bringer. Mm-hmm. One thing that's really interesting at five players, and I guess this just would go for any high player count, is how before when it was two players or three players, assisting another friend was just like, okay, we had one collab this term, maybe two collaborations. When you have a lot of people, you are helping so many people. Yeah. And it plinkos down in very strange ways. So we had right. this player and that player helping each other, but then these two were helping them other two people. But then I sent a card to him, but then you sent a card to her. And it's weird how like the help that you can get can be so long distance. I'll give right. you energy. Cool. And it like had an effect on something that I never saw. Right. It's in a way it's kind of cool in a strange way to like get a care package of help 
and ship it off to a friend who will get it. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, okay, that's like really useful and it helped way yeah. over there. There's something kind of strange about that that's kind of fun also. Furthermore, oh, yeah. you get this journey aspect and I don't mean that metaphorically. I mean, I started on my board and it took me all game to get to yours. But like, look at this like massive journey that you had. And of course, if you're fine, you're like, yo, <laughs> and I'm here. And I'm here. But like, I don't know, there's kind of a fun aspect that I got with a five-player game on the literal travel. Like, I moved these dudes, those dudettes, all over here and over there. Like, look at this. Look at how we manipulated yeah. these beasts all the way over there. Do you need my Dahan? Sure. Just start getting them over there. I feel as if those achievements almost feel kind of cooler because right. it took way longer to get there. It took way longer to get the logistics of help to my friend, but we made it work. Even across that far distance. Speaking of of achievements, I think we should all try to do a six-player thematic side. I think that yes, that would be just very epic. (laughs) I actually really like the thematic board. A living, breathing island, super swinging, and maybe it'd be difficult if you're going against a high-level adversary. But Mm -hmm. I think that experience or journey, like you were saying, like that is something maybe do once a year. At least you can say you've done it once. Like a six-player thematic side would be so unique and so memorable. I think Mm -hmm. it's something we all should try and do if you can. I just don't understand how that art made it off the press. It's so not user friendly. Like in a way that I find <laughs> the so newer tilting. neoprene player mat, I must say much easier assists to this significantly because the borders of each land are colored in a certain way, which right. greatly assists. But yeah, I've heard that a lot, the distinction of the colors and okay, so I understand that sands look like this and jungles look like this. But what about this land that looks like it honestly has both? Or the wetland jungles get kind of confusing. Yeah, it can be. I totally understand it. I totally understand it. There's not clear demarcations, like, within one board to another. I mean, you can figure it out. You do it enough. But it's really off-putting the first couple of times you're trying the thematic Oh, it's definitely a change of pace, for sure. And then it's so much swinger that you're like, ugh. I mean, let's just play the other side. (laughs) Yeah, it's totally a preference thing. I 100% get it. For me, I am a painter in real life, so I have to deal with colors that are literally micro percentages off of each other. So for me, I am accustomed to being like, oh yeah, those are two different colors. Where someone else would be like, what? They look the same. And they look similar. But I guess perhaps maybe because I've been doing it for so long that I'm like, oh yeah, it's like two different. For me, it's not super a big deal, but I totally understand it. Because I've seen so many of the feedback and i think like i said when it is done realistically that can be pretty tough because i'm trying to draw a river from this mountain to this mountain to this jungle because that's how real life things work real life doesn't look like here's a desert with pure sand then strong border nothing but rock bam you know for that like obviously the balance side of the board is illustrated in such a way so that it's easy but like that would have been a difficult challenge to illustrate i would think oh yeah i get the challenge but i feel like when i read the rule book and it seems like well it's plus one difficulty because sometimes it's hard to see what's going on i'm like "Eh, that's not a great reason to have plus one difficulty (laughs) and they're bunched up in completely different ways Set up for France on the thematic board, and I lost. <laughs> yeah, or if you get like an early mountain card for France, and oh, it's like, yeah. oh, this started with four explorers already. <laughs> Those yeah, all turned yeah, into towns. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did a keeper versus Scotland playthrough. I lost in 15 minutes, and then I just was like, England, we're going to do keeper. <laughs> Scotland who? Anyway. I kept them both in the video. Here's a question. <laughs> do you ever have a desire to do a six plus game? No. I do not. <laughs> Here's the thing. Like, I mean, this is my favorite game, right? Oh, but I, I think really? I just, Your favorite? 
What? Actually, legit, no cap, this is your favorite game? Oh, yeah, yeah. What? No, I mean, this was... I mean, I'm on record. This is my favorite nice. game. But I play, like, so many other games, too, right? Yeah. So, like, it would be hard for me to be oh. like, I'm going to spend the next three days yeah. playing a 12-spirit <laughs> game. No, I need my table for something else right. in about two hours. Like, It would only be for memes, and I'm so glad that someone has done it. I have no interest. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right. When I'm retired, maybe. By the way, I've been saying this my whole life. Our generation is going to rock retirement. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I mean, if the world still exists. And all these games sure. that we've never played that we wanted to have time for, I'm actually going to have time to paint all my minis. I'm going to have time to get to all these things. It's going to be great. Unless I die. But, you know. I mean, Cleveland will be underwater. Philly will be underwater. But we'll be fine. <laughs> but we'll have our board games, Greg. <laughs> we'll have our board games. We'll only have chip theory games. You better stock it <laughs> Atlantis Rising. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Chip Theory is ahead of the curve, man. They're like, we're going to make our games waterproof because, you know, the whole world's going to be underwater in about 30 years. Waterworld. <laughs> hey. All right, Greg, spit some knowledge. What are the best spirits Ooh. for solo play? Ooh. Give Ooh. us some strats. Come on. Come on, solo gamer. <laughs> but yeah, my top 10 has changed significantly, but I will not disclose exactly how. But many minds, I still think, is the strongest yeah. uh, for true solos. I find them really boring to play, to be honest. Oh. Because they always have an answer. Oh, they chew through so much fear. Yeah. Seriously. They start with an extra card, which is huge. I don't know why, like, they felt the need to give them a fifth card, but that makes a huge difference. You're delaying the reclaim, right. which is huge. You always have defense. You always have fear generation. You have the ability to move to the Han, wherever the heck you want them. It's such a strong character. And especially you're getting so many beasts out. You know, you get a couple of event cards that use those beasts. It's like game over. So I think true solo many minds just always has a way to go up against any adversary. Obviously, Thunder Speaker is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. That ability to just do whatever the heck it wants with the Han and, you know, get that huge amount of damage, you know, pretty early in the game. So you're against Scotland. It's like, well, the two cities in land two, I can get them gone in like third round. It's like, they're not there anymore. Yeah, I like Fangs a lot. I mean, it can be a challenge to stay ahead of the Blight, but if you can, like, game over. I mean, that early damage, you're doing damage every turn, early and often. I mean, lore, obviously. Lore against Russia, sticks is not even fun. It's, like, (laughs) such a joke, man. Like, lore just does everything you need to do against Russia. But I think Many Minds is number one for me still. I love Trickster. Hmm. Strife is ridiculous. You know, I think as long as you're avoiding those events that negate it, like, you're going to have a pretty good game of it. I mean, Trickster always seems to have an answer. I mean, let's see what happens. Seems really random, but you're always doing something positive, generally. Yeah. So that really helps. Greg, you seem to like the pick twos for growth options. Oh, yeah. You're so Based on the videos I've watched, you really... You two are very similar, because John loves (laughs) the pick twos. So what do you... Do you like that flexibility? What does he like about those growth options? You're not stuck with, oh, I just have to reclaim, and I'll do what I really want to do next turn. It's like, well, I can do half what I want to do this turn and reclaim if I need to, Okay. The binary nature of war, I think, makes him a little bit less awesome for me, but it's still pick two, right? So you still can get that or that or that or that. What do I want? You know, let me figure it out. But yeah, they're really, really, really strong. I mean, someone's ability to take Blight out of the box is everything. Oh, yes, for Solo. They're rough against Sweden, though. Yes, yeah. you got to be careful. I find that matchup real hard. It's their toughest I was, matchup. I thought, oh, he's against Sweden. He's great. Ah. And then he's like, oh, wait, they're killing all my presents because they're doing two Blight every time. <laughs> right. Awesome. <laughs> In my solo game, I have a solo series that I was doing for myself just for funsies. And in my stone game, I had blighted four times and not a single one came from the blight card. Oh, yeah. It's phenomenal. Yeah, he's really cool. 
Mm. So I think he's my number. I think I had him at five mm. when I did the top ten. My top seven were Ocean Seven, Lore Six, Stone was five. And then I think it was Fangs, Thunder Speaker, Trickster, Many Minds. Mm. Yeah. When it comes to who's good in solo, obviously anyone can do it. People that come to mind for me, I definitely agree with Lure, probably like one of the first. I had so much fun with Fangs and Solo. I think there's some that like, it's just a very different experience. It's almost like a different game. I think of Finder primarily. I think of Ringer. I think of Ocean. Because each one of them has something that's really unique. We're talking about someone being alone and no one's there to pat out your limitations. Talk about those characters. Finder is just yeah. clump them all up, and then the real game is seeing if you can find a big whammo card. <laughs> yeah. Now, Finder is interesting. The problem with Finder is always going to be those additional loss conditions. Yeah, yeah. Especially those ones with France, France and England. England. Yeah. And Russia is giving you the finger, too, because, hey, three explorers in the same land. Extra ravage. Ugh. Oh, yeah. Great. And it could just be, in Bringer's case... Like, okay, how can I shuffle around people? Because I can't kill them. So, you know, you got to really use Dahan and defense. And I think when you were talking about Thunderspeaker, obviously they are an incredibly powerful spirit, but you only have six Dahan to work with. Hopefully you don't lose any, and hopefully you can find Dahan spawning cards, of course. Oh, yeah. But there's like that additional element that's like highlighted in Solo. Oh, yeah, yeah. We talked at nauseum about Ocean. You know, hey, I can't go all the way inland. Yeah, Thunderspeaker Sweden is the worst. When you lose your Dahan, you're like, oh, <laughs> Yeah. I'm taking my Dahan. Yeah. <laughs> the worst. So I'm the odd man out where I like the fear spirits that uh, you guys are dogging. No, I love them. <laughs> I love them because the fear for fear. Dude, Bringer it. solo is so easy. I love you Bringer. You can yeah. Yeah. through that fear deck. I wasn't there with Bringer until I did a live playthrough. I guess level five Sweden. Okay. And I was like, this is ridiculous. Bringer is so strong solo because it's Seriously. only for fear. I mean, you're getting fear cards so The quick. moment yeah. you terrify a city, that's a fear card. Yeah. The moment yeah. you do three quote unquote damage to a city, boom, fear card. Which is insane. Yeah. For me, with Bringer and solo games, it really depends on calling a Midnight's Dream and what major power you pull. Mm. Yeah. So if you yeah. get something that does damage, mm-hmm. especially turn one, get that card and see what major I pull. And then may I just forget yeah. it, turn one, and just keep playing that major, mm-hmm. keep playing Swarming Infestation or whatever, and add as much fear. I don't care yeah. about Blight. I'm just sprinting. Right. Fractured Days, like you mentioned earlier, can be a comical oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> solo play. Fractured Days is pretty wild. I mean, the ability to recycle oh, the yeah. Stage 1 Invader cards is so huge. And you're just like, oh, okay, we'll bring that back. Spawning we'll Dahan is also increased in value, I feel. Because mm-hmm. Blur of the Arc of Years does it with such ease. Oh, yeah. Oh, There's yeah. another one. And another one. And another yeah, one. No, it's nuts. Do you feel a handicap from Poor Time Sideways? No, Poor Time Sideways is absolutely useless. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> Your first forget card. Your first burn card. Oh, yeah. Seldom do we see a card that actually becomes useless in player count differences. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, there's that one in the minor power deck where it's like you need a presence in a land with another spirit. Yeah, so many cards change. Yeah. And green yeah, yeah, yeah. being able to do give to proliferation on themselves. Huh. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's green critical. Really. Nice. Green was top 10 for me. Yeah. And another reason why Many Minds is so great in solo because now Boonasaur and Bedevilment now gives them oh, yeah. defense. It doesn't suck Everything. anymore. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, it's so good. It's great. Many of mine just so sick, true solo. I think my top ten was rounded out, but Serpent was in there. Yeah, why isn't Serpent one? I think Serpent's very strong solo. Extremely strong. I could just need to spend more time with him for sure. I mean, I've definitely had spirits that I'm like, you know, Starlight went from like twenty eight to definitely not twenty eight anymore for me. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. That two damage at range zero as a growth option is really sick. <laughs> I just need to spam that. <laughs> Whenever I think of Serpent doing a solo game, I forget the company. Was it Robot Chicken, I think, with the teddy bear? With the teddy bear that was eating itself and like, I taste delicious. <laughs> teddy bears that are so good, you'll eat your own <laughs> So like, the first thing I think of is Serpent just like, um, um, um. I taste delicious. <laughs> oh, because they gotta absorb yeah. themselves. <laughs> uh, gummy bear, not teddy bear. But you just play uh, that so yeah. much, you're just yeah. defending around you, and then all of a sudden, oh, I can get 17 right. energy. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> I think Starlight and oh, Solo yeah. is actually quite easy because you only have to ever worry about one Ravage at a time. Why? Peace in the nighttime sky. Spam that sucker. Reclaim yeah. it every single turn. Beep, beep, yeah. beep, beep. Over and over again. <laughs> like It's actually quite easy. Yeah, it's really sick. No, Starlight's fun. I mean, just Jagged Earth in general. I'm still blown away by that expansion. Yeah. I don't think it's as like fine-tuned as the rest of it. Okay. I feel like some of this is like, you could have made that a little less strong. But like, <laughs> it's nice that people get to the oh, keepers overpowered. I hate those conversations. Like, just don't play it. Like, if it's not fun for you, just don't play it, right? Uh-huh. Like, for me, like, I like that the game has spirits that are so strong. That, yeah. like, you can give to, like, a player who's still yeah. learning and they can feel really powerful and do some crazy things. And then if you're more experienced and you want more of a challenge, well, up the difficulty or just use a different spirit, right? I love how we have access to so many different experiences. Whether they they be complex, whether they be hard, whether they be easy. I absolutely love having the choice and the ability to do those whenever I want. Even if I don't necessarily like them for all of my games. Right. Contrast to, again, the too many bones, every new gear lock is 30 bucks. Spirit Island, man, you got an eight pack of awesomeness for 50, right? Yeah. Yeah. And adversaries and scenarios. Right. And Badlands. Right. (laughs) Crazy. It's absolutely crazy. Promo back's five bucks or 10 bucks, whatever the heck it is. Yeah, just get it. Two more spirits. If you can get the promo packs. (laughs) Oh, man. It's crazy. I'm curious to hear about this. Who do you think struggles the most in Solo? Obviously, it's a subjective question. I get that. No, Earth is still a puzzle for me. I haven't spent enough time, and I haven't really played with the aspects enough. Yeah. But Earth is just like, it's rough, man. <laughs> I think in a standard difficulty game, I think they're okay. Yeah. I think you'll be fine. I think if you start increasing the difficulty with adversaries or scenarios, you will benefit from grabbing that might aspect. <laughs> yeah, use might. It's yeah. awesome. Cool. Yeah, seriously. Cool. And this goes to anyone that hears this. If you've ever had a bad experience with Earth, ever, and you haven't tried Might, please try Might. It's insane what that one card does for that character. In the same way that Foreboding goes to Shadows and just completely revitalizes them. I think the first Jagged Earth Spirit I did was Stone. I was like, Stone is what Earth wants to be when it grows up. (laughs) It's It's like like edgy Earth. Earth. Yeah. I think a lot of the lows kind of have their struggles. I think there's only so much a low complexity can do because, like you said, stone just, like, amplifies because, you know, it can have elements on tracks or it can have these cool, like, awesome innates and stuff or it can have two innates. Sometimes, like, you play a low and it's fun and I think they can beat up level six adversaries, but there's just only a certain far they can bend or stretch. Right. Well, even like River, I mean, River can beat everyone pretty easily except for England, but I just find River boring because it's doing the same thing, but it's a low complexity spirit. So it's supposed to kind of do the same thing, right? That's how it was designed. It's not a flawed design. It's just, you know, I've kind of moved beyond River. Yeah, that's 
that's got to be very difficult to make something that's thematic, balanced, and fair, easy to understand, but not overpowered, mm, while also right. having choices. Because when you have not a whole lot of mechanics, it's hard to get that feel of choices. Right. I honestly think, though, that what a newer player is capable of handling maybe has risen. Oh, yeah. Today, in 2021, what would constitute a low complexity versus 2017, I think, is a bit different. Eric has said that if they ever do a hypothetical second edition, these low complexity characters would not be the same from first edition to second edition. They would have track bonuses here or there that have some reworks and stuff. I'm actually really curious to see in that reality what would change. You know, I just think that if you give Shadows a little bit more choices in their early game, if you give Earth just a few more elements, if you want to keep that innate that they have. Even Lightning. Right. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons that aspects are here for. They're A, to just have a fun way to revitalize an old character, but B, perhaps they're there to quote unquote fix another character. And I almost hate to use the word fix because that implies broken slash non-functional. And they are functional. But you know what I mean? Like, now that they've had the benefit of crafting so much content, now now that they can get on a roll with what works, what actually makes a good character design, they can take these aspects and kind of tweak a older design that was maybe a bit clunky, perhaps, mm-hmm. and maybe in a way that at the time was fine. But, you know, as things change, as they develop in skill and making such characters, I think they've done a good job with aspects. But I am still curious to like, oh, man, what would a second edition look like for this character? What would that look like? Yeah, I'm curious to see. I mean, the ones I struggle with through Solo, Beyond Earth, I mean, Shroud, I just have not clicked with Shroud. <laughs> I like the challenge. I like the game experience of it, but I'm like, holy shit, I cannot figure out how to <laughs> win with any kind of consistency with that character without getting the right fear cards. And I just yeah. seem to not do it every time I play with Shroud. Yeah. So it just is what it is. So many fire elements that you find, you're like, no! Yeah. <laughs> Those card draws, you depend on them. Oh, yeah. It's such a really interesting spirit and definitely one I'm primed to explore a lot more going forward but it's funny the ones that I used to really think were super weak I mean I've seen the light more on Starlight mm. and, and even Bringer like I find Bringer like oh I mean that ability to like bump an explorer out of a land early unless you're playing against England is like it's really strong you can do a lot to control the island pretty quick mm. and take on some challenges that I didn't think were possible I used to hate that spirit <laughs> like oh my gosh and I, I hated who am I talking about not Bringer did I say Bringer I'm talking about Shadows, uh, shadows. you know but now it's like Shadows I'll take Shadows mm. against anybody mm. pretty much and feel pretty confident other than you know england but even that i did like what level five england with shadows and lightning wow nice and that was like a really sick matchup two low complexity spirits and managed to pull that off you know that was the first two-handed playthrough i did on the channel it was really cool but you guys want to follow the the reddit community has weekly challenges they put out there's some really good ones they put out that have been kind of good when i don't want to decide for myself like all right i'll see if they have a good idea that i'll use and i'll just kind of steal those community challenges Mm. what kind of pairings do you prefer when you are playing two-handed or what have you found to like yeah, like there's that spirit guide app. If when I'm playing call, it's usually with one of my friends and we'll just randomize yeah. it. And we'll probably randomize three or four and we'll just find one that sounds interesting, right? It's like cool. So I don't really do like the thematic pairings. I don't try to think about synergies too much ahead of time. I kind of like discovering them as I go. Mm. Or I'll just take an idea that I heard. Like I heard from you guys when you were talking about, you know, green and wildfire. That sounded awesome. I was like, I'm going to try that. Yeah. Or I'll do the community challenge boards from Reddit, kind of scour that. But I tend to not like bring 
Bringer in two-player games. I just find Bringer overpowers a game too much and makes it something different, mm-hmm. you know, because you're just still chasing fear at those two players. But even I found the idea of Bringer and Green really enticing. So like mm-hmm. I did that anyway for the channel, right? So there's no hard and fast rule, really. But if it sounds cool, like, great, let's see what happens. <laughs> but I do tend to stay away from Control Spirits. I know, John, on the... <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll ignore that. We're kind of going from different angles. I like to do damage. I just want to break shit. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Laura agrees with you. Yeah, my spirit is here. My wife is totally on board with the boom booms. So, yeah. <laughs> That's what she called it. No, I've, I've really grown up to like Volcano a lot. Ooh, like Those kind yeah. of spirits are really... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You told us you had a really good comment of someone talking about Volcano. Oh, <laughs> Dude, I should find this thing. I could probably find it pretty quick. I gotta read it. All right, you gotta read it. A little context. We were talking before this episode started, listeners, just uh, preliminary stuff, and Greg mentioned a comment that was particularly funny about Volcano. And for additional context, the time I interviewed Eric Rice on my channel was my live playthrough with Volcano. So it was kind of a pretty big deal for my channel, which was like, I think, barely over a thousand at the time. Mm. So I interviewed Eric Rice like January. I had this playthrough out like nine months ago. Mm. And sometime last month, I got this clearly my favorite comment of all time. So thank you for the video. It made me realize that I'm better at playing Volcano than I thought, as I saw all the mistakes less efficient players you made. <laughs> like, all right. Uh, welcome to the internet, my friend. Welcome to the internet. I wrote him back and I said, you're welcome. Greg, that is a question. Do you ever get scared, like, doing these live playthroughs or having people come in and critique or say, you did that rule wrong? Like, is that a fear? Oh, yeah. It's a lot. I mean, I definitely appreciate a lot of it. I mean, I think there was a comment I saw a long time ago when I got at the content creation was when people point out these like little minute mistakes, it just means that they're really paying attention pretty closely. And in a sense, it's cool. Like I get about 3000 hours of watch time a month and it's still a number that boggles my mind because I'm just like, I'm just playing board games on the internet. Like, I mean, I play at a very high level and I take getting the rules right very seriously. And I do the work of like investing in a game, really making sure I know the rules, Mm -hmm. you know, beyond the cursory knowledge of them before I want to put them on the channel. So I pride myself on getting all the rules right as much as I possibly can. So when I get something pointed out, it's fine. But yeah, when somebody like finds this little thing, you know, it's like, yeah, dude, thanks for pointing that out. And there's a way to tell me that I would appreciate more than others. Yeah, (laughs) You're terrible at Volcano is what ultimately we're we're thankful for these people assisting us to improve our gameplay. But some people can do it a little bit more benevolently. (laughs) Yeah. It's funny, though, too. Sometimes, like, when you make this small error that doesn't really have an impact on the game, you know, and it's like, they act like it's the biggest thing ever. And I'm like, dude, anybody who plays these games at these levels, like, if you filmed your own playthroughs, I guarantee you're going to make a mistake that would shock you. Yeah. But it's just the nature of the games. And you're not filming your own games, so you don't know. Yeah. Like, you don't know what your tendencies are. And you don't have thousands of people watching you play. Right. The accountability (laughs) is completely different. Yeah. It's crazy. None of us go up and purposely make a mistake. No. Well, I play through, especially, like, I'm trying to, like, read the chat, and I'm trying to, like, make sure everything's just right. I mean, there's so much more going on that, I mean, mistakes are more likely to happen, but I'm very careful what I put Mm -hmm. on a playthrough live for that reason. Like, I'm more likely to do Spirit Island or Mage Knight, Arkham Horror, I can do with very little prep. I just know those games so well. Sure. And I'm less likely to put on other games because it's like there's so much going on and I don't want to be that guy who's just making a million mistakes because there are a lot of the 
guys on YouTube that make a lot of mistakes and it is what it is. And some, they have been doing it forever and it makes sense why they make a lot of mistakes because they play like 300 games a year. Right. right. Like, so it's hard to learn these rule books and, and get them straight down. But, you know, for the most part, like most of the people who comment on my videos are really gracious about it and understand That's good. the challenges that you face as someone trying to do these things at the levels that we're attempting in our content creation. Mm. And- <laughs> And are pretty forgiving of it. Yep. Even that playthrough cracks me up. It's like, dude, I beat level five pressure like pretty handily, like in that playthrough. So I'm curious at the strategy errors I made. Not good enough. I wish there was. There will always (laughs) be someone. There will always be someone, no matter what you do, no matter how impressive your run was. Yeah, but did you do it with your eyes closed? Yeah, but did you do it with your starting hand? (laughs) challenge only yeah but did you do it on like six additional boards yeah but did you triple adversary level 10 there isn't even a level 10 but did you uh, no matter what you do there's always going to be someone i find it interesting that one of the comments i get the most if i was going to like put comments in boxes beyond oh great playthrough whatever but like thoughtful comments are about how i publish losses Oh, mm. and a lot of channels, I guess, don't, right? And for me, like, if I go to the trouble of recording something, I'm going to publish it mm. if there's anything of value in the video, right? If I think it's an interesting playthrough or it allowed me to highlight some aspect of the spirit, right? If I recorded it and I find it interesting, I'm going to put it out there. And I don't want my videos to be all predictable. Oh, look, does Yahoo win again? Like, no, like, these are hard games. Yeah. Like, you're not going to win all the time. And I am far from the best Spirit Island player in the world. Like, <laughs> I'm probably not even top a thousand, right? Like it is what it is. Some people are sick with this game. Mm. You know, double adversary games are mind blowing yeah. to me. Like I don't understand how people have like the freaking decks memorized, right? Like all that stuff is nuts to me. I play this game a lot. I really like it. I'll play it at a high level, but I'm still like just goofing around on the internet playing a board game, trying to have some fun, right? Yeah. <laughs> so- I'll be honest, Greg. During your England game, I was pretty sure you're gonna lose. Okay. <laughs> oh, dude, I thought <laughs> I was pretty sure. I was Half hour in, I'm like, well, this has been a good video, I guess. <laughs> it was looking. Dumb. Iron Man. Been there. Oh, dude, it was bad. I think everyone's been there to some extent. With England? Yeah. yeah. But then I pulled Infinite Vitality and then Paralyzing Fright. It was like, I could not get two better major powers. But that's the thing too, like, I like showing losses. Like, I'm not rigging these decks, dude. Like, this game has a way of creating stories. It yeah. just creates awesome stories and that's what I love about it. So you don't have to rig the deck because I couldn't rig a better story than some of the playthroughs mm-hmm. I've had. Dude, you don't rig anything. You randomize boards. You roll a dice for which cards coming out of the Vader deck like I appreciate all you do it's totally random all that you do in, in those videos not good enough you need to get good more random <laughs> you have to roll three dice you roll three dice Greg come on don't you know that <laughs> Okay, tailing back to spirit pairings, one <laughs> we've kind of got off track. You were talking about a lot of them are kind of randomized, and you use that app to see like who you and your friend are going to play. Has there any been a randomized pairing that you're like, oh, this works? We've had a lot that were just super, super fun. Okay. I've played so many games, man. Yeah, like nothing's coming to mind. I think the last thing we did, I was playing as Vengeance. Oh, that's a crazy spirit. Yeah. I think we were playing Vengeance and Ocean versus Hasberg. And the biggest challenge there was we couldn't go blighted early enough because he's a get more play on the board and it's sometimes it's right. hard to do you know ocean especially it's almost like letting a couple early ravages happen on the coast so ocean can start drowning stuff right and, and get that energy production going it's like such a backwards play to play i mean vengeance is a backwards way to play in general right yeah. you're just like yeah. the island doesn't look like shit. <laughs> no that means <laughs> you're doing well <laughs> that means you're doing good yeah oh uh, yeah you need it to look really bad early otherwise you're gonna have some problems and i think it's an interesting pairing so that's like our current challenge that i really like but are they two spirits that are especially great together not exactly i 
just like the matchup with that adversary. That's cool. So we'll probably play that until we pull it off because we're trying to do that at level six. I think before Hasbro, we beat every other adversary at level six, second or third try. If not the okay. First. So this one's the one that's kind of we're stuck. You'll get them. But Ryan's is bring wildfire. That's how we won. Or stone. Yeah. Wildfire is so good, man. <laughs> wildfire Hasbro, that'd be fun. That'd be really fun. It's a fun time. It's so great to just alley-oop a asphyxiating smoke and just pop someone that just showed up because <laughs> there's just blight there. <laughs> Bye. GG. Easy. That Hasburg Invader deck card, though, that still gets my head spinning. <laughs> and a city. And oh, yeah, the reminder like, card. I mean, at least it's helpful. I'm like, what is going on? I like when the game it's reminds so me to do something. Ugh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I think Royce has gotten better. Not a ton of them, but just enough. Yeah. Just to like, all right, here's a few reminder cards because you're going to probably want it for this specific thing. That's helpful. And I appreciate it. The only thing that drives me nuts is, you know, like the invader reminder tokens, the long ones. Mm-hmm. They put the art on the wrong side. <laughs> Because <laughs> they have the art. If you put it on the board and you match the art up, oh, it's not after the step. They put it before the step. But oh, on the board, like, yeah. yeah. I don't think I noticed that. I've never noticed that, but now I will oh, never yeah. unsee it. Thanks. <laughs> it 100% tilts me. Like, I'm super OCD. I know. It's shocking. But, like, <laughs> so it tilts me. I'm like, come on, man. There's clearly someone who never played the game. who's like, just really good at the art stuff. Are you OCD enough? Do you use the extra board that came with Branch and Claw with the events and the adversary where all the the tokens go oh i put it out but i don't put things where they're supposed to go okay. <laughs> we never use it we, we don't we used it for yeah. a while and then we're like Dude, we haven't used what's it. the point we haven't used it in it's, years it has, yeah, yeah it hasn't been used <laughs> since like what yeah, yeah. 20 i was about to say branch and claw yeah, days even when we're using branch and claw, we're like this is kind of clunky yeah, oh no 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 i never put the tokens out that was oh yeah bananas but i think if you look at my videos i use it more as like a spacer where sure. i want things on the screen gotcha. i put the event deck backwards and yeah i don't use it in that sense but it does make the fear symbol come together <laughs> hey it satiates the oc dizzle i feel it <laughs> No, I feel it. That's honestly the biggest, greatest part about that board. Because <laughs> it's not useful otherwise. <laughs> you guys don't have broken token or anything, right? Oh, we do. We do. <laughs> yeah. Are you in the whole box? I didn't get the crate. I didn't get the wooden crate, but I did get their insert, which I oh, love. Yeah. I love that it takes yeah. the inventory of all the things and puts it in twos. So like, oh, there's two yeah. containers for Dahan. There's two containers Invader, for invaders. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Two energies. That kind of thing. It's helpful when we play together. Yeah, yeah. Oh. because I'll just put one by my side of the table, and if we have people on the other side of the table, I just give it to them. And hey, they got theirs. And hey, man, you want to spot me an energy? Oh, you got one in front of you. Ah, sweet. You know, it just right. you know cleans up a lot. Yeah, I could see in a four player game, especially like a bigger game, like having the double sets. Oh nice. yeah. So, what has solo gaming taught you about Spirit Island that you may not have learned in multiplayer? Are there any particular lessons that were maybe driven home a bit clearer for you? Or did you have a good grasp on, okay, I think this is what the experience is going to be like. Then you played it and yeah, that's exactly what I thought. I just think solo gaming and any game that has like asymmetric spirits or characters, heroes, whatever, you know, when you can really just focus on the one spirit at a time, you just learn how deep and rich each spirit is. Mm. It's a little more in your face and easier to grasp. Like, you know, for me, it's like, all right, when I now play multiplayer with spirits who I had played so much solo, I just find that 
that much easier thing. Oh my, yeah, I know that the spear can be really strong. It might not be as strong multiplayer because again, this power card I can't use myself now or this mm. spirit I have whatever. But like, it's still, you get a sense of like what's possible with all these yeah. spirits in a way that I find really helpful as I kind of digested the game. I don't know, like if you're playing multiplayer first, if you're not forced to cover your weakness, someone else is. Yeah. It can almost stunt your ability to like learn like certain tricks and how to like cover your weaknesses and also knowing when you need to dive into those power card decks and get the powers that you need because your spirit doesn't naturally have it. So I think that it's a much more rich experience that way too because now you just get a sense of what's in that power card deck and how big it is mm. and when relative strength the power cards that you're seeing in your power card draws all the thought that went into that man. It's <laughs> It's insane. <laughs> yeah, it's nuts. What I need to do one day is like sit down and like look at each power card and discern why the elements are there that are there. Because whenever I do that, I'm just like, oh, that's so smart. Yeah. Like it's so good. Yeah. And the artwork on those cards is so good, right. but it's so small sometimes. You just don't always right. appreciate it, right? And I love like all that depth that's there that I just, the nuggets that I, when you're in the middle of a game, sometimes you just miss. Yeah. Yeah, it's really cool. John is a Nolan Nasser fan who did the artwork for River. River yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. I'm yeah. an Emily Hancock fan. I love what she's done with Starlight and Mist, the artwork. Of course, there's a oh, bunch yeah. of artwork that I love, but like particularly that. Oh, Mist, Mist is great. Oh, Mist is. Yeah, Mist is so really cool. Really cool thematic feel to this. Got a question for you. Which experience would you recommend more to a solo gamer? True solo or multi-handed? I think it depends on what they're looking for and how experienced of a gamer they are. By default, I'm always learning this game true solo. Mm. I mean, it's swingier, but I think it just needs your time. There's so much less to manage. You know, like that window has moved, right? I mean, the idea of what a complex game is today compared to five years ago, it keeps moving (laughs) in the direction of increased complexity. But if someone's newer to gaming like this game's not rules heavy in a sense but to really wrap your head around the idea of targeting lands what that means and slow versus fast i mean there's a lot to digest in your first few games of this and i think true solo just allows you to minimize what you need to learn like and you're just learning one spirit now just do that take thunder speaker take i mean i always want to say take ocean but i guess that's probably a bad idea take river (laughs) take someone that you can do some cool things with but if you're playing at level one i mean you could take whoever you want really Mm. as you're learning I do remember the days where I was losing at level one. And I was like, oh my gosh, this game is so hard. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we've all been there. Yeah, we've all been there. Yeah. Yep. But how many games would you have to play before you lost at level one, right? Like, how unlucky would you have to get? Like, it just wouldn't happen for us now, right? That's what's so sick about this game. Yeah. Crazy. I had a close game when I had to play Thunder Speaker in the Steam app on level one. I remember one. that. Yeah, so, like, oh, I'm going to play Thunder Speaker. <laughs> Easy. Oh no! Almost died. <laughs> I get the achievement to like win a game with each spear. I'm like, oh, I'll do standard game with thunder. Oh no! I'm not the best with thunder speaker. Give not, me control. Not dummy proof. Yeah. Yeah. Thunder speaker does have its things where things can go wrong. I mean, you get a couple of events that make you lose at yeah, the Han. Yeah, those disease events. Again, you're yeah. against Sweden. It's like all of a sudden, woo! And then you lose at the Han. You're losing your oh. presence. Like it can really snowball mm. pretty bad. Mm. But then when it comes together with her, and you're like, I just did 27 oh. damage. <laughs> when thunder speaker's cooking, it's like one of the best spears. Ever. Mm. Oh, she's sick. 70 damage. She's absolutely sick. First time I beat level 6 France, I think, was with Fangs. And the first time I beat level 6, everyone else, I think, was all Thunderspeaker or Ocean, maybe. Okay. Well, right on. Ryan also did Fangs against France in our level 6. It's a mm. fun time. That's a fun game. I mean, it's again, you can avoid the additional loss, you're fine. Mm. But that blight, man, you get some blight on the board. And- yeah, you gotta walk that tightrope. Oh. <laughs> 
And that slow healing ecosystem is not helping. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, it's nasty. It's nasty. I think I need to do more of a major power dive with Fangs. That's fun. I've done um, a top track only Fangs with just playing two cards. It's fun. Yeah. Like Ryan said, like you can yeah. really sling majors with Fangs. It's a decent energy spike of this. Yeah. 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 It's not bad. Yeah. And you get all the elements from the top track, too. So you're always triggering your innate. I was about to say, you're still yeah. triggering Raging Hunt. So yeah. go for it. Right. Now I can see it. Yeah, Fangs is just pure fun. As long as you don't get tipping point either. Oh, Jesus. God, that card's terrible for me. Take that out of the game. <laughs> Eric Royce, take that out of the game. You guys take it out? Um, How about that? <laughs> <laughs> John, yes. Me, not so much. No, I'm totally tempted to. If there ever is a card that I think there's a good argument, like this is probably just not the game that you want. I yeah. do think it is tipping Yeah, point. Laura hit it somewhere and I can't find it, but I'm also <laughs> choosing not to look, so. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> Take that as you will. <laughs> oh, your wife is great. That's funny. I forget who we were playing, but there was a game recently that we had it. It knocked us both down to one or two presents and we Ooh. still managed to get on top of it and win. Nice. But it was pretty nasty. And we were playing the right. We weren't playing spirits that it was especially going to crush like fangs or volcano or whatever. It's still such a punch in the gut. It's such a, yeah, it's such a gut punch. It just takes the wind out of you. Like, oh, now I have no sacred sites for my slow power this turn. Cool. And if a volcano player just did their 10, you know. Game over. (laughs) Oh, uh oh. Yeah. No, it's bad. Man, I haven't been able to get Volcano up. Like, I feel like all my recent games with Volcano, I've had to do a lot of small explosions. Well, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Go Badlands route. Yeah, I know. Yeah. 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 Volcano's really fun. Yeah. I love the theme of that one. Mm. It's just crazy, man. Like, the whole box is just crazy. Oh. I'm always, like, super skeptical of expansions. I'm just like, uh. But that one, I just started playing Stone vs. Hasbro in the first game out of the box. I'm like, ooh. That's a good time. <laughs> Hello. I love the Badlands. I just love, yes. like, so much of how it came together. Yeah, it was so I good. was worried about Badlands. Or me and Ryan both were like, what are these going to be and how are they changing the game? We yeah. love them now. Love yeah. Badlands. Yeah. yeah, we just freaking love so those good. things. Can't get enough. I'm curious. I think Eric Ray's recently just did another tweet about the expansion. So mm. it was kind of related to, I guess someone had misinterpreted something he wrote. He was making it clear that he's definitely just a white dude and he's just looking for other perspectives. I'm glad he's still kind of talking about it because if anyone's going to come out with an expansion, I'm going to trust to be like play tested and like thoroughly thought through. It's that dude. Yeah. Like, that's my problem with some of these companies. I'm like, man, you're putting out all this new content, but I don't trust you to actually get this thing right. I really respect and admire the intentionality that they've had with the subject matter. Oh, yeah. He's so intense, man. Like, <laughs> And he's just brilliant. Hey, anything worth doing is worth doing right. Yeah, he takes it oh, seriously. Yeah. No, he's absolutely brilliant. Well, in closing, Greg, as we go ahead and put a nice little bow on this fun time here, what do you have going on nowadays? What can people look forward to from you? Well... <laughs> What do I have going on these days? <laughs> two-year anniversary. Yes. I have my two-year anniversary. I'm doing a live playthrough of Dawn of the Zeds, level five, which I'm bound to get overrun by zombies. Yeah, I'm working on uh, just trying to learn a bunch of new games, get them on the channel in the next few months. Street Masters, Cloudspire is going to be on the channel pretty nice. soon. One of my patrons sent me a copy of Maracaibo. So oh, I'm nice. Like, wow. Learn that pretty soon. <laughs> you guys both like perked up. Is that like one of your... It's you guys on the it? list yes. of famous games I've never it's played. Something one I want play. to. <laughs> yep, definitely. Have us over. Yeah, I played yeah. it. I mean, I played Great Western Trail for sure. So, like, I've heard it just like Great Western Trail on water. So, right on. Yeah, he's like, I think you'd like those. Huh? I'm like, all right, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. I'm not going to punch a gift horse in the mouth. So yeah, just kind of keeping things moving with the channel. I mean, obviously Too Many Bones, Spirit Island, Maze Knight, Arkham, those are kind of my go-to every month. But yeah, the channel's been crazy. I'm kind of in between jobs right now, so I've had a lot of time to focus mm-hmm. on it. You know, at some point, I'll have to figure out more of this work-life balance. 
yeah. stuff and where this channel fits in. But for now, I'm just enjoying the extra time to put some playthroughs on the board, so to speak, and see what happens. Right on. Yeah. Ship cross 3,000 subs, hopefully within a month. Nice. Congrats, dude. That's awesome. Cheers to you. Cheers. Yeah. Cheers. Well, do you want to remind people where they can find you and your content? Yeah, I appreciate that. It's solo playthroughs on YouTube. Went really, really original with the name. Just kind of thought really long and hard and tried to find the most unique name I could come up with. So, so yeah, solo playthroughs, spelled just like it sounds, should come up the first hit at this point if you go to YouTube. If not, you might have some Slicker Drips playthroughs on there. Just put solo playthroughs Spirit Island. It will definitely come up. We'll put a link to your channel in the description of this episode. Yeah. And then I'm on Twitter at solo playthroughs. Playthroughs is P L A. Y-T-H-R-U-S because the entire word would not fit. So you can find me there. I'm on Facebook. I have my solo playthroughs Facebook page. You can follow me on there, but everything goes on YouTube. And I, you know, I have a Reddit thing too. I think I have like 20 people following me on there. So hey. all solo playthroughs all the time. But nice. <laughs> that's what it is. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to join us. I've been looking forward to this for a while, ever since I was made aware of your existence. I was like, another Spirit Island content creator? Yes! <laughs> we must join forces. Yeah, I, I'm trying to remember when I first learned about your podcast, and then I remember at some point, it was Ozzy? Ozzy's one of your guys. Hey, yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ozzy was like, you guys should collab or something. He wrote some comment at some point. And I was like, yeah, that'd be fun. <laughs> Ozzy makes comments on my videos, Paramount. Yeah, then I started listening to Stupid Bill definitely became part of my common <laughs> parlance so all my friends call it super builds so it's so stupid you guys I need hate to it. I hate it with a passion <laughs> go die dude come on with like kindred spirit podcast down with the super build t-shirt or something <laughs> we already got that there's swag there's a marketing place somewhere <laughs> the merch dude, kindred spirit swag would definitely definitely play <laughs> i would love merch i would love that <laughs> <laughs> well once again, thank you so much for coming on. I Thanks, hope you've Greg. been able to enjoy this. I certainly have. Yeah, you guys are going to get the Gen Counters on. We'll meet up at one of these conventions. One of these yeah, days. I'd love that. That'd be awesome. I'd love that. We'll, we'll bring our swag. We'll bring the merch. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get some t-shirts. We'll sign each other's. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds good, man. It's been real. It's been real. All right. Well, y'all, until next time, I have been Ryan. And I'm John. And I'm Greg. From Solo Playthroughs. And we will catch you guys on the Flippity Flip. Peace out. We appreciate that you took the time to listen to this episode of the Kindred Spirit Podcast. We're grateful that you did, and we hope that you thoroughly enjoyed it. Feel free to interact with us on our socials. You can catch us on our Facebook or Instagram, as well as BoardGameGeek, Reddit, and Discord. Consider supporting us on Patreon, where you'll get access to episodes early as well as our private Discord. Links to all those will be in the description of this episode. Have a great one, and may the elements be ever in your favor.